Hey, y'all, this is Angel Victoria, the go-getter, your big sister and accountability partner. Y'all, I have a treat for y'all today. Like I've told y'all before, I'm not going to be the only one telling my story. It is Tell Your Story Tuesday. I wanted to invite women up here who have a story. All of us have a story. And we need to know there's women out there who are going through the same thing, dealing with the same thing, you know, having the accomplishments, things like that, because everything is not a little sad story. But we're not the only ones dealing with what we're going through in our lives. So I have a very, 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 very special guest. It is my baby sister, April Diana. Hey, sis. Hey, sister. <laughs> hey, you've been on my mind. <laughs> How are you, sis? You know I'm good, sis. I am doing good, good, good. good. y'all. Y'all will see me um, post about my family, post about my sisters. I have a brother as well. She's the one that looks like me, and y'all think it's me posting a picture of myself, but it's not. <laughs> you just got strong jeans. And it's you know, real strong. <laughs> this is the baby of the family. Number say, four. <laughs> they say we say she's spoiled, but my dad and mom said she's well loved. Well loved, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well loved, and you know it. <laughs> like I said, I wanted to share her story today. Of course, I know her as my sister. There's things, of course, that as families we don't know um, that we go through. There's a lot of stuff. Like me and my sister had a conversation probably a month ago, things I didn't know about her. And um, unfortunately, that's a, that goes on a lot, especially in an African American family where we don't talk. And I know with our family. Mm-hmm. Um, like both sides, my mom and my dad. There's a lot of stuff that I had to go through Ancestry.com to, and I'm not promoting, but it's a great place <laughs> to find your, um, your history that I had to find out through there and then ask questions because we don't talk as a family. And it is um, Mental Health Awareness Month. We'll get back mm-hmm. into that, but I think it's an amazing thing when I find out things about myself, things about my family. It just keeps me closer and more grounded to who I really am. And we'll talk about that as well. But I wanted my sister to share her story. But April, first, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am April Diane. First of all, thank you so much for having me. This is my very first podcast interview, (laughs) and I am appreciative that you decided to ask little old me to do it. (laughs) I love you, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. But, um, you know, Angel is my second oldest sister, but... That was my road dog growing up. We shared a room (laughs) together. (laughs) We used to be in the room making videos, singing, (laughs) and like, you know, and then as I got older, Angel was definitely somebody I looked up to. Angel was somebody, she was my shero, still is my shero. Um, growing up and then having to follow in her footsteps, they were they were huge shoes to fill. But I was so grateful to have such a person that people like compared me to, or you know, just to look up to. Like Angel's my road dog for real for life. Okay, y'all. <laughs> so I, let me get that out. But I am April Diana, Angel's youngest sister. Um, I'm 37 years old, Ooh, and honestly, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's crazy to even say it, but I'm oh 37 God. years old. We're just 49. <laughs> okay, listen to me, okay? If that's what it feels like. It feels like we on 3642, oh. still in the room, you know? <laughs> Share rooms and you reading my diary. 
<laughs> yes. So it's it's just crazy to even say that. But um, yes, I am a mother of um, a little boy named Joe. I can't call him little no more because he just turned 12. Oh, no. But mother of a, a, a wonderful son, JJ. Um, right now, just stepping into entrepreneurship. Um, life has taken a complete 180, like completely different lifestyle. But I'm doing it and that's why I'm grateful and I and I decided to go ahead and do this interview because I'm in the midst of a big transition and transformation and I'm sure there are some things that have been talked about or maybe I'll bring up some things that you've silently been dealing with and I can be of help of that but like I said I am a new entrepreneur um in the past two years I have changed my lifestyle and really trying to go all natural, you know, um, and I'll get into my story later once Angel decides to take that route. But um, I've been through some things where um, I decided to take a more natural, a more natural lifestyle and stay um, out of the over-the-counter medications and foods that I put in my body and things like that. And that's what kind of molded me into my business of um, holistic and all natural healing. Yeah. Um, but that's the road that I'm on right now. I'm just being a mommy. I'm being an entrepreneur um, and just, you know, really navigating through this journey called life. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. So, you know, I love me a story. <laughs> um, <laughs> we often because of the world that we live in today, I was thinking about the other day, like, I would never have thought back in the day when we had the green and black screens of computers and we had just the the telephone um, in the house. Um, I would have never imagined having the world in my hand at all times through a, a cell phone. I would have never yeah. thought um, computer um, or internet, it could be the way that it is and that we can see everything. And I honestly, at times feel like, man, I wish it was back in those days because we had to be, be intentional in doing life. We had to be intentional, like calling on the phone, like I'm coming over, we'll ride our bikes to our friend's house. We would yes. intentionally play outside. Parents would not allow us to sit on um, in front of the TV all the time, but tell us to go outside. We, we call it going outside and getting wet. <laughs> okay, get, 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 get in the dirt, get in that yeah. red clay, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the pool and stuff like that. We went outside, got wet, we ride our bikes up and down the hills, right over to other people's house. We actually spent our summer with our friends actually enjoying each other not yes. in front of the TV and things like that but I thought about that and I think about it often how we had to be intentional in doing life I love how you were saying um, you're intentional with changing you changed your lifestyle so we often because of you know having um, what we have now with the, the access of the world in our hands we often live a filtered life and we look at the lives of other people and what they're going through and we see like what we think is the finished product, but <clears throat> we don't know the story behind that. E or oh, yeah. even if it's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to know where was the, before you got to the change, because it's, it's a lot of stuff that's happened, but before you got to the changing of your lifestyle, making bigger decisions for your life, what was the turning point, if you can think about it, what was the turning point? Uh, what started it all? of this life change? What was the issue or the situation in your life that changed your life to get you going on the road to a better way of living? Okay, so um, I know exactly where it started. Um, 
2017, I was living in Illinois um, and just in a space where um, I wasn't sure exactly which route I wanted to go. Um, and you know, mother and father instincts are very, very strong. And at that time, um, I was just trying to figure it out, you know, on the phone with my mom and dad a lot. And I needed, I just needed some change. I just didn't know what type of change I needed. So um, I ended up moving from Illinois back to Kansas. And that was in September of 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, I moved back and I'm like, okay, it's a fresh start. At that time, there had been some changes as far as me and my son's life where I needed family around me. I needed, you know, a little bit more love around me. So I made the decision to move the closer back with my parents um, or back to Kansas where my family was. So that was September 2017. But little did I know (laughs) that things would take a very tragic turn for me. Um, And thinking back on it right now, um, I was very sick before I moved back to Kansas. I just wasn't aware of it. So coming back, um, like I said, September 2017, moved back, you know, um, trying to get everything together, get a job, just get back to my normal. Cause like I've always been a go-getter since I was 13 years old. Always worked if even multiple jobs, like oh, in high really? school. I, yeah, girl, all the time. Mo- in, in high school, I was working a job. In the summers, I was working two. There was at one point I was working three jobs. I was always working. So you know, I, of course, when I got here, I'm like, I'm going to get right to it. You know, I had saved up some money so that, you know, I could kind of get my mind right, get everything right. And boom, in October of 2017, I became very ill. Now, I'm like my father. <laughs> okay. You know how that, you know how bad he is. My, I literally saw this man shoot a nail through his, through his, um, thumb and pull it out and not go to the hospital. He poured some peroxide <laughs> on it and kept it moving. But yeah. I'm a lot like my father when it comes to sickness or pain. Um, and for a couple of weeks when I had been back, like I said, I moved back in September and that whole time I was slowly but surely not feeling well. Um, still running, I, w- I would run every day, but um, it got to a point where walking up the stairs was difficult. I couldn't breathe, I couldn't function. I would have to sit down once I just went up one flight of stairs. And I thought it was because I had gained weight. I had gained probably about 20, 25 pounds. And I'm like, okay, April, you gotta get to it. So I was starting to work harder. I started, you know, going to the gym (laughs) and things like that, thinking that, you know, this reason why I'm not breathing well is because I'm putting on this weight. And it got, like I said, it got to a point where I would walk up the stairs and um, couldn't breathe. Um, And my dad, he, you know, he has a a blood pressure machine at the house. And I did it one day and he's like, you know, take your blood pressure, see how it is. And it was like 200 over something. It was crazy. It was, it was crazy. And um, it was three days, three days before I initially went to the hospital, but I ended up still trying to push, but the, those last three days, it was really, really hard. And my dad kept saying, go to the hospital, guys. I was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. You know, still running y'all like two miles <laughs> every day. <laughs> and right, so like, it was a Sunday and I had went to church on this particular day. I hadn't been going to church, but this particular day I just went to church and I had my niece and my nephew in the car with me. 
And as I was driving, I had to keep stopping and pulling over. And they was like, auntie, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm just having a hard time breathing. Got to church, sat through the service. And at the end of the service, I was walking up the stairs and my dad was behind me. And I could not walk up the stairs. My dad had to pick, you know, daddy had to pick us, pick me up and carry me up the stairs. And he's like, that's it. You're going to the hospital. Like, yeah. we're not, no question. Like when we get home, we're going <laughs> to the hospital. And, you know, mom, you know, mama knows me. So mama's just like, she's, she's, you know, she's going to be fine. I think they had something to do that night. And she was just like, well, just wait to go until we get back. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? At the way I felt at church going up those stairs, I was like, you know what? I think I really need to go. Like, it's time to go. Yeah. And thankfully, you know what I'm saying? They, you know, followed their gut and we went. So when I got there, you know, they immediately brought me in because I was having issues with breathing. So they immediately got me in and, you know, ran all the tests. And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be overnight. They're going to give me some medication. I'm going to be out of here. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the doctor comes in and he's just looking at me. So I, I'm scared immediately because he just has this, you know, when pe- people have certain looks on their face. It's like, you know, it's bad. So yeah. he get, I, he had that look on his face and the doctor looked at me and he's like, I'm looking at a miracle. Like, I don't know how you're here. And I'm like, I was like, what's going on, doc? Just give it to me straight. And he's like, I felt like I was dying. Honestly, I really felt like I was dying. And he was like, you have a blood clot. It, it was a pulmonary blood clot, which means it was in my lungs and it had traveled in both lungs um, and it had traveled to my heart. The blood clots had traveled to my heart. And the doctor said, listen, I've seen grown men younger than you, stronger than you, more in fit, more fit than you who have had blood clots less than this, who have immediately died and he was like, you should not be here right now. He's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how you're here. So, you know, as the day went on, they were showing me my screens and majority of my lungs up to my heart was completely blocked. Oh gosh. Completely. And they could not figure it out. But of course, you know who we stand for. And yeah. it was nothing but God that, that, that held me because, you know, even if I would have waited until they got back, my parents got back from doing what they were doing that night. I don't think I would have made it. Yeah. So, you know, I've always been an athlete. I've always been on the go. Um, even at even at 37, I still work out. I still do my thing. So but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so at that moment, everything was stripped of me. Everything was stripped of me. I couldn't breathe on my own. I had to be put on an oxygen machine. I had to, I could barely walk on my own. I had to get assistance. Um, I had to, you know, stay with my parents. Like everything was stripped of me. Now, granted, I still had to be a mother too. Mm-hmm. And I was going through these things. Like I, I barely made it. I was in ICU for a little over a week. Um, getting up to take a shower was like a workout. Mm-hmm. Me walking from my bed to the shower, I would sweat. They, the nurses would come in because all my machines would go crazy and they're like, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? You know, but at that very moment is when I realized that something had to change. Now, as they did their research, they found out that um, I'm going to take it back to April of 2017. And, you know, this is kind of personal, but 
I might as well share this the whole story. <laughs> Back in April of 2017, I suffered, um, I went through a miscarriage and um, I had went through the miscarriage. I was on birth control and they figured out that it was because of the birth control is what caused the, the blood clots. So um, I was down, I was on oxygen for about four months. Um, four months of oxygen, huge machine that I had to carry around with me, um, literally just laying down, being taken care of by family, um, you know, slowly but surely, like I said, I hadn't gotten a job yet. Um, so my savings was quickly dwindling down. Like I had nothing but my family and my son. Like I, it was a moment that I had to sit back and really, I, it was a moment that God had to sit me down yeah. because I was doing too much. I was doing too much and I wasn't focused on my true purpose. I was just out here surviving. I wasn't thriving. I was just out here on in survival mode. <clears throat> so it took me about, well, they told me that I would have to be on the oxygen for nine months, but I was only on for four, thankfully. But um, because of how long I waited and to go to the hospital, I ended up getting damage to my right lung and something that can't be really, you know, fixed or anything like that. So even during the recovery, and I'm still, I wouldn't say I'm still recovering, but I still like, um, I can still feel the effects of the damage that was done to my, to my lungs. So it was just a moment, that was the moment where it was just like, whoa, April, like, even in the sense of the medications that I had to take, the blood thinners, I was giving my, myself shots two times a day um, in order to make sure that my blood was not clotting. And so that was, and it was an experience itself. The price of the medications, the medications I had to take, some of the medications I had to take were making me feel worse than <laughs> before I came and came into the hospital. So it was like, that was the moment that kind of changed me because it was just like, I'm the stuff I'm putting in my body is harming me. Like the stuff that they're saying is supposed to help me is actually har doing more harm than good for me. So that was the moment that 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 got me into starting to at, at that moment I still wasn't thinking oh, I'm going to become an entrepreneur you know a holistic healer or you know something like that I still wasn't thinking of that but I did it that was the seed that was that was planted at that time because it was just like something's not right so yeah. um, that's pretty much what started my started my journey and like I said it took from. 2017, about 2019 is when I really started looking into herbalism and more natural ways of healing. Child words I have never heard of. Herbalism. <laughs> I, I'm so grateful that you share that. I remember that time and I just, my I just, ugh, I had to have my friends to console me because that's my baby sister. Okay. <laughs> like, I've never seen okay. her. She's always been strong. She's always been moving and going. Like you said, she's a go-getter. She was saying that and she is. Like she was always like moving. We're both athletes and we both, you know, just, we're just strong. And so this is my baby sister going through this stuff and I, I just, I didn't know what to say, what to do, but to pray. And I just remember always, I remember gathering, um, um, people to pray for my sister and I was just so grateful when she was just getting better and better but you had mentioned so much in that and I'll touch on some of that but 
Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that there's women out there that have. Can you tell me what the name of that was again? Um, and what concerning the, the, uh, what the what what was going on? Is I can't the, as far as the. A, um, it was a pulmonary embolism. Yes. So I know there's women um, that have dealt with it. I know that there's people who have had lost because of of that. But um, I thank you for sharing that story. And y'all, like she like she said, I, she's I see her <laughs> posted about working out, and it, it encourages me because I'm on and off. <laughs> but to see what she had, she had been through to be still, you know, you know, pushing for that and still working out, still taking care of herself, not just for herself, but for her young boy. Um, it just, it's just a miracle, y'all, like a miracle that she's alive, just like her doctor has said. I want to get on this because this was the main topic and what our um, podcast is going to be focused on is staying in your lane. You have mm-hmm. posted and I reposted <laughs> <laughs> about staying in your lane as track and field we, we both we did the same sports we did volleyball basketball and track both my mm-hmm. sisters and um we understand we had shout out to our coach strano the best hammer strano the best of the best me and my the best, best. Friend about her the other day she, um, and she's more than a coach she is more, more than a coach she definitely she's a she's a mother and she's a friend yeah, yeah she's the her. best I wish I could have packed her up and took her to college with me, honestly. <laughs> like, she she was the best. She's, I, I wish every athlete could experience her, for real, for yes. real. Yes, and she's amazing. She has a story of her own, and hopefully one day I can interview her as well. Yes. Um, such an amazing blessing to my life. I'm thankful because I look at all my life, the coaches that I've had, that, that God gave me the best of the best, and she is like the cream of the crop, the top of the list, who started it all, who believed in not just myself, but my sister, and many women that I know who are doing great in this world because of her. Yeah. Um, but we know, you know, through track and field, about staying in our lane. Our father mm-hmm. was a track and, f- track and field athlete, a great track and field athlete. And our, I just remember him telling us when we would run, or I would run, I'm not sure if he told you the same thing, April, but um, he, he would always tell me not to look to the left or to the right, but always mm-hmm. focus on what he sure did. Don't look back. And my sister was talking about that on her um, podcast, and I want her to, on her um, stories, I want her to uh, touch on that. But it's important, ladies, because of all that's surrounding us and what's going on in our lives and in our world, comparison is like one of the greatest enemies for us. We are Ooh. created to be different because there's different situations in the earth. We're not created to be the same. We may do the same thing. I'm pretty sure there's, I, I know for a fact, I'm not the only one doing a podcast. I'm not the only one ministering to women. Um, my sister's not the only one doing herbalism. <laughs> She's not the mm-hmm. only mother in the world. She is not. Mm-hmm. She's not the only one that went through what she went through. I'm not the only one that went through cancer. So there is somebody who needs you, but they can't receive you if you're not being who you were created to be. And so yeah. staying in your lane is very important. Looking to the left and to the right, it is okay to look at somebody and be like, at all, like, okay, that is amazing what they're doing, cheering them on, and maybe get tips from them. But it's not okay to try to be them and try to um, compare yourself to them. So when my sister was talking about that, I was like, let me repost this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. It's important to stay in your lane. Sis, I want you to talk about what you talked about on that um, story, and then I want you to tell us the importance of what you feel um, um, staying in your lane is for women. 
Okay, um, that particular um, live that I did, it, it was brought up because my son just started um, running track. We're trying to find his niche, trying to find which sport he wants to be in. So he he asked me, you know, about track. So I put him in, you know, a track club this summer. And I noticed it wasn't just him, it was a lot of the kids when they're running, it was like they would be focused when they're doing their drills or they're stretching. But as soon as it came to racing, when it came to the main event, it was like they would run, but they're looking at in the person on the left. They're looking, at, especially when somebody, <laughs> especially when somebody starts passing them up. Um, and I noticed that once someone starts passing them up or gets close to them or gets beside them, they eat. They they, they change their race because they're trying to catch this person. Okay, and it's like that's why I got on the live because at that particular moment in in my own personal life. Like I said, entrepreneurship is something completely new for me. I've worked, I've had a nine to five since I was 13 years old. I worked through college, I, you know. So at that moment, it was just like, an, and to, to kind of piggyback off what you did, especially since the whole pandemic started, a lot of people have dived into herbalism. You know what I'm saying? They've just dived into it. But this is something that I've studied. This is something that I've paid for and, you know, have been certified in to do. And to see so many people coming in, I lost focus because it's like, dang, they're doing that too. They're doing that too. And we live in a world where people are, you know, question everything. And it's just kind of like, um, I see all these people doing herbalism and I kind of lost focus on my purpose, my mission for my my purpose and the mission for that that for others you know what i'm saying so that's the reason why i got on the live and started speaking on it because i was also speaking to myself because it does cause you to kind of step back and kind of lose your way on what you're supposed to be doing by 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 focusing on what somebody else is doing yeah and even in that when you do that um you lose your authenticity being in someone else's lane then it's just like the the one thing that you came to do yeah. You're now seeing somebody else do it and, and it's just like they're doing it this way. Maybe I should do it that way too. Yeah. And you lose your authenticity and somebody yeah. needs you exactly how you are. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And for for me, I have always been a little different. I have always kind of been like the black <laughs> sheep. So like, you know, everybody, a lot, a lot of people know our family. A lot of people mm-hmm. know me as an individual. They know you, they know John, they know Jackie, all those individuals. And, um, but we're all different. You're all different. We're all different. I've always kind of been the one. You were kind. You were the rebellious one, right? <laughs> John. John's the suave one. Jackie's kind of the quiet one. This, you know. And but me, I was like, I, something was different about me. I was, you know, raised by, you know, a, you know, Christian parents in the church. But I always had a little hood in me. Don't know where it came from. <laughs> don't know. Don't Hold know what it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I've always, I've always had a little hood side to me. It, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for a very long time because of how we, how people saw us and viewed us. To me, it, it was kind of a, I wouldn't even say a burden, but it did make me feel different because I was just a little more edgy, you know? But so, hold up, hold up on that, hold up on that, because I'm seeing something when you say that. Okay. Often, if you look at the child that is the youngest in most families, they are that. Mm-hmm. Reason being, I, even though we did not grow up in, we grew up in Leavenworth, Kansas, which is right outside of Kansas City, which a lot of people yeah. migrated to Kansas City or to Leavenworth from Kansas City. And we know that what about Kansas City and, and the gangs and all that kind of stuff, depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I just saw perfectly why if you say hood and rough, like roughneck ish. <laughs> Mm-hmm. By looking at her, you wouldn't see it, but in situations that she's been in, you would see it. And the reason why it's kind of like <laughs> my, my dog, like my dog, I would call you dog, but my dog was the run to the family. And mm-hmm. she was always fighting since birth. And even when I ended up getting her, she would still fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She would fight mm-hmm. because she felt like that's what she had to do. So the the roughness and the hood is you always had to. You're you're the last child, so you have to yeah. fight for a lot of things. You had to defend yourself <laughs> on plenty of occasions, you know, as far as like who you mm-hmm. were. So I, when you said that, I was like, that I'm trying to see, like, because we didn't live in the hood, but we didn't. <laughs> but I was like, why we didn't? Well, we did, but we not compared to like Kansas City hood. Like we weren't yeah. in the actual. We like, weren't. We weren't. We weren't in the streets. Yeah, we weren't in so, the streets. You yeah. know, so praise God. But like we had, like I said, we had it around us. We had games mm-hmm. around us. We had John mm-hmm. was in games. So it's kind of like we had that around us. We had to do a lot of fighting, especially as a, as who we were as family. I remember in middle school having to always defend myself, you know, like that. And always. So I, athlete, I had to tell I became an athlete. It was like, you don't you don't mess with me. Don't you ain't, don't even don't even touch me. Don't even you don't can't even bother me because I was established in who I was and then yeah. had friends who protected me. But I see how you're what you're saying as far as like why you became who you were. You had to constantly defend yourself. Keep going. I was, yeah. I was going to say that. No, that but that's really weird. That's really real because you got to under you have to understand. I was also I was the youngest, but I was mm-hmm. the closest to age with my mm-hmm. brother. Yeah. So so yeah. he he instilled a lot of that. You know, don't let nobody play with you. He already, he already, he he already knew. Like, like John understood me in a sense where, um, <laughs> this is funny. I, <laughs> um, I got in a fight. He was a senior when I was a freshman, and I got in a fight. And he understood me to the point where it's just like my sister's gonna be my sister, and and this mm-hmm. is why I I loved him so much because my brother took me for who I was, and mm-hmm. it got to a point where you know. Some little girl was talking mess, <laughs> and it, I was I was fed up with it. And mama, 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 about to find the truth out about this fight because I definitely <laughs> didn't tell him the truth. I definitely didn't tell him the truth back in the day. But you know, I, I, I was finally fed up with this girl. Never bothered her. It was over some boy that she liked, and he invited me to the homecoming dance. Took me to the homecoming dance our freshman year. We ended up, she ended up not liking me. I didn't have no issue with the girl, but she was constantly coming at me. Like, and I wouldn't say nothing. And that's how I am. I like, I let a lot of stuff build up, but then it's just like, okay, I've had enough. You know, yeah. I've had enough. <laughs> it's time. It's, it's time, as Mufasa would say. <laughs> and, you know, John was just like, I was like, hey, I'm fed up with it. John didn't say a word. He took my book bag. He said, handle your business. I'll put your book bag in the car. And I, <laughs> And it was what it was, and I had to I had to put them paws on her. But like, <laughs> it was he always kind of good. Like, and he was he was the first person to come to me and say to me like, yeah, he's like, April, you a little different. You a little more, you know, you a little more edgy than the rest of us. You a little more hood than the rest of us. But mm-hmm. it, for the long time, it because it gets such a bad, because it gets such a bad rep to be that way. It was a part of me that I always fought myself for it because yeah. I felt like it was something that was bad or I felt yeah. that it was something like dang like I can't protect myself and, and in many ways it affected me as I got older and I didn't connect the dots until I became a woman 
you know, mentally and physically, like it, because I became a woman, like I can't really hide that side of me. I can, I can control it, but I can't just completely X her out because she's yeah. needed. Yeah, she's needed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she, it, it definitely in this world today, she is needed. Like, I, 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 I love being sweet. I love being a love. I love being nurturing. I love being that part of me. But yeah. there, there comes moments where it's like, okay either you're going to listen to what I'm going to say or I'm going to show you. Yeah. Uh-oh. Good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you, spoke, you spoke on nurturing. Tell mm-hmm. us about motherhood and how it has affected, changed, whether it, you know, however, good, bad, whatever, the good, bad, the ugly about motherhood, how has uh, it's affected your life? Um, yeah. Tell us about that. All selfishness goes out the window. <laughs> all that seriously when you become a mother it's it's not just you anymore it's it's it, you're taking care of a whole human being you're taking care of a whole soul you know you have you're, you're in i wouldn't even say control but you have a short time span of where you have this child and you have to maneuver them through life mm-hmm. so they're looking at you and they're going to do everything that you do. Yeah. So I had to go from, I, I can't even say I wasn't chaotic, but I had to go from this hothead, this fire, this fire, this fiery. And I had to kind of keep it contained a little bit because I can't move the same way I, I did because now I have somebody looking at me. Yeah. Um, also, you know, this person, and I, and I don't even, I can't say this, but you have to be careful as a mother saying my child comes first because you can easily lose yourself mm-hmm. trying to put your put anybody but even it includes your child you can't you can't even do that as a mother you can't put your child before you and i know a lot of people that's the cliche thing to say but eventually you do that you're going to completely lose yourself so yeah. i'm learning lessons every single day just by being a mom let me, um, let me say I'm, right here. Let me say right here too, because my pastor talked about that. Um, the Bible mm-hmm. tells us to love yourself, love your neighbor as you love yourself, and so we know that we to, we're to love God. <clears throat> and then most people say, like like you said, you put everybody before you. I learned that from my counselor yesterday. There's something about me when she said that I defend others before I defend myself, mm-hmm. which is not a good mm-hmm. thing. It's not now. I've been doing it it's all my not. life. I always defend everybody else, even when they do me wrong and dirty, but on your topic how can you love somebody if you don't love yourself first how can you do even your child exactly i see my mom and dad love the mess out of each other and i've seen my dad take my mom aside before any of us (laughs) of course yeah he does not care yes because he loves himself enough he loves his wife and then it came to it came us he was not going to put us before his wife because so, they're the foundation. They're exactly. the foundation. If they fall, up. if they fall apart, the everything yeah. else falls apart. Exactly. Exactly. So I love that you said that because most people will do that. They'll put their kids, and most mamas are doing it now. Yeah, and I, I did it. I, I, Angel, I did it. Like that is something that I'm healing from right now. Okay, mm-hmm. that is yeah. something that I'm healing from right now. Uh, uh, and I'll and I'll share another story because it 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 you know it's a puzzle piece to this. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, like I said, I have I've been working since I was 13 years old. In 2022, when all of this this you know pandemic stuff started happening, I was faced with a choice. 
my job that I excelled at, was great at, this job that I saved money for, this job mm -hmm. that, you know, I was coming in at one point on seven days a week working overtime, you know, saving them money, you know, just a great employee to them. You know, this pandemic hit and when they, they shut down the schools, you know, they were like, well, you can't be at home with your son. Okay. And I'm like, I said, that's not gonna work because you think that a that a 10 year old is going to sit at home with no supervision, <laughs> with no supervision whatsoever, is going to sit at home and do their work and they're gonna be able to stay focused and do their work while I'm here at, no, it's, it's just not gonna work. So, you know, I gave them the opportunity to, to give me the opportunity to work from home, which they could have, but they mm -hmm. chose not to, not just for me, but for everybody that was in my department. And, you know, I I had to make the choice at that point, April, you either continue to work or you be here for your son. And of course I chose my son. Now that I had no problem with, I, I would choose my son over any, something like that anytime or else he would have been completely just this loss, you know? So I yeah. chose him, um, mm -hmm. I, I homeschooled him for that year. Like I said, um, that's when I started getting into more into my entrepreneurship because I, I chose to leave my corporate job. So, but as time went on, I got so wrapped up in in, in being an at-home mom, being a teacher, <laughs> being, being, being for everybody else, yeah. I completely lost myself. And I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Nobody does. <laughs> I didn't even, yeah, yeah, it, it'll consume you. And like I said, that was a, for a whole year. And yeah. I just, I, I, I didn't even realize that I was doing it. So it was just snowballing, snowballing, yeah. snowballing, snowballing. And it got to a point where around this time last year, um, I, I, I fell into a depression and I, I didn't know what to call it at first because like, like I said, I'm a very strong person. Mm -hmm. I, I, anything that I that I'm faced, I can I can fight through. But it, but once again, just like when I had gotten really sick, God stepped in. Like, nope, I need your attention. Yeah. So when I when I say I was waking up, it was for about mm, it was some months. It was for about three or four months. I was waking up every day in tears. Mm -hmm. In complete tears trying to hide them from my son trying to hide them from my my partner trying to hide because i could not figure out what was wrong and until i sat down and and until i sat down with myself and kind of like okay april why are you feeling like this it's because i didn't know who i was anymore all i knew was to be a to be a mommy all i knew was to be here for other people and at that time at that time, it was like things were kind of being thrown at me. And like I said, I am the very nurturing. I'm very loving. And when I take care of people, I take care of people, the people that I love. And, and it goes back to me being a little feisty, feisty woman. <laughs> like for, I will I will go to war for those that I love. Yeah. So like for me, that is that was that's what I felt was me doing my part was being there for people. You know, somebody really close to me lost their best friend and I had to be there for him. And you know what I'm saying? I was making sure that I was being there for them. I was making sure that my son was okay. But I was, pieces of me was slowly being just ripped off and, and thrown in the trash. I didn't even notice it. 
I didn't even notice it. You have a, so it's like the more I hear your story, the more I'm seeing how, like you just said, it's been ripped off of you. I want you, we got a few minutes left to discuss, like talk to the women, specifically, can never say that word, specifically mothers Mm -hmm. about mental health and the importance of mental health. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want you to talk about that. Okay. Um, if your mind's not right, nothing else in life is going to be right. <laughs> nothing. You can if your mind's not right, and and for and for me personally, my mind started. I, I, I don't even want to say I was losing my mind, but I really felt like that's yeah. what it was. But at that moment of me kind of losing myself and losing my mental, it came at a time where I was trying to start a business. It came at a time where, you know what I'm saying? Um, It came at a time where my son is starting to feel himself. So, you know, he's coming at me in different types, you know, different types of ways. And I could not, all I did was lash out Mm -hmm. because I didn't have, it goes back to your, your mental is your foundation. You create your life by the way that you think. You create the, the, the and anything how you want your world to be or you want your life to be whatever you want to manifest. It begins in your mind. It doesn't begin with money. It doesn't begin with you writing it down. It doesn't begin with any of that. It begins with a mindset. So if you don't have control of your mind, mm-hmm. everything around you, the way your mind is, is how your life is going to be. Yeah, yeah. I so love that. at that at that time, my mind, my mental was chaotic mm-hmm. my mental was a little bit numb because I had you know I had gone through a, um, a loss of a my, my trainer in a tragic way and like I said that was my partner's best friend mm-hmm. so and I'm a I'm, I'm an empathic person so I feel people's energy so to, mm-hmm. to go through that my mind was everywhere except for on me like I said and I everybody. and I don't I don't put the blame. I don't put the blame on anybody else because the old April. That's how I was set up is to be yeah. there for everybody else. Yeah. So I don't place blame on anybody. I didn't have to be that way or anything mm-hmm. like that. But when you're moving in a way of comfort and you're moving in a way of how you're used to being, it it until you stop yourself and be like, okay, this isn't working for me. Let me let me reevaluate. Let me let me go back into my corner and figure this out. The way your mind moves is exactly how your world is going to move. It's yeah. kind of like everybody talks about getting the bag and everybody talks about going out and getting money and things like that. So lack mindset. If you think you don't have it, you're not gonna have it. Yeah. If you think, if you think that, if you think that, okay, say say you're overweight, you wanna lose this weight, but your first thought in your mind is, I hate the gym. The gym is horrible. I hate working out I hate eating healthy that's exactly how it's going to come out in the physical yeah. like you're going to hate it so you have yeah. to put your mind in a, in a in a space where it's just like no I love this I I, I love doing this because this is going to be the outcome I, I, lo- I love eating well I love going to the gym because at the end of the day I'm going to be able to get into this dress that I look fire in yes. like that's that, you know <laughs> what I'm saying that's the that's the mindset that you have to have yeah. um and and even in that sense like when you when you're when your mind is chaotic it also affects the people around you too. Oh yeah. So yeah. it's just like if you're wanting, if you're going back to being a good mother, if you're wanting to be a good mom, your mind has to be solid. Yeah. 
if I can give any advice to any mother, your mind has to be solid. Your mind has to be clear. You have to have some type of clarity. And before I, and I suggest before anybody tries to put any type of plan in their head or any type of anything in their mind, you need clarity first. You need to clear it out. You need what I call shadow work. Because a lot of the things that cause these chaotic thoughts and feelings and things of that nature are are really traumas or things we've gone through in the past that we haven't healed from. So therefore, we we deal with them the same way. So if you went through something at nine, 10, five, six, seven, eight years old, that 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 was traumatic and it, it triggers you in your past and you haven't healed that, you're going to handle it the way that nine year old handled it. Oh yeah. Oh, you see what I'm saying? So, and I'm still, and and I'm not gonna lie, that is still something I'm still clearing out a lot of things so that I can get to a space so that I can flourish, my business can flourish, my you know my connections, my relationships can flourish, my 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 child can flourish. Like that's where it starts before you do anything. Everybody talks about manifesting. Everybody talks about writing down a plan before any of that. You need to be still and you need to be blank. It's, it's what you're there, saying because I'm looking at that because I, I, there's often things, you know, I was, I tell my story all the time about being sexually abused at five. And a lot of the ways I respond is from that five-year-old way. Mm-hmm. So, and, that, and that's how it's going to be and, mm. and, and for everybody, for, for anybody, excuse me. That's how it's going to be until you sit down and, 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 talk to yourself I have plenty of journals that I write in and it's like it might sound crazy but like I I have a space in my room where I sit down I have a mirror I sit Mm -hmm. down I write I talk to myself because it's Mm -hmm. just like okay April this triggered you today why did you respond that way and then I dig deeper into myself and like I'm like okay you're responding like six-year-old April you're responding even like 18 year old April, you know what yeah. I'm saying? One of one of my biggest things is like, I love sports. I really, really love sports. But I honestly, for like the last six months of my senior year um, in school, I wouldn't say six months, about four months of my senior year, I was really, and I was scared because I know everybody was just like, April's going to school for whatever sport and April is really gonna be this athlete. But I really wanted to take a year or two to discover the world because yeah. I never had. Yeah. And at 18, it was always that was something that I wanted to do so much. But because other people wanted me to do certain things, I was like, I don't want to disappoint these yeah. people to let me do it. So going into college, like I said, I loved sports. I was great at sports. I loved them. And I realized when once I start healing and actually doing my healing work, I realized that it started at 18 where I have this thing for pleasing people a little too much. And so at 18, I really wanted to make the decision like, hey, I kind of want to do my own thing. I don't, I I liked school, but I really wasn't a fan of school. Mm -hmm. Straight A and B student. Like I wasn't stupid, very intelligent, very smart. Like it wasn't none of that. It wasn't that school was hard. I just didn't like school. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I just didn't like school. So like, you know, when I got my opportunity to go to school and run, it was just like, okay, this is what everybody wants me to do, so I'm going to do it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But you like, like God will always step in, and God will always have a way. When 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 you're not when you're not in alignment with what you do, Spirit's going to step in and be like, uh-huh. show you. If 
And I mean, in college, I had, I was always hurt. I was always, it was something was always happening. And I'm just like, dang, I just can't be great. (laughs) But you know, I can't be great. And it was just like crazy, crazy injuries, like torn hamstrings, pulled tendon in my toe, like things that I, you know, (laughs) it was just crazy. Like I ain't never been through this, but that was spirit's way of like telling me like, hey, this is not what you really want to do. And so, but I spent, the next years of my life doing that, pleasing people, not in alignment. You know what I'm saying? Things yeah. like that. And when it came to me making the decision of being an entrepreneur, it brought me back to that. It's like, okay, April, you're, and I'm, I'm looking for jobs and stuff, no kind of desk, knowing mm-hmm. I don't want to clock in, especially after, you know, you're so replaceable in this world. Like yeah. I, knowing that I want to work for myself, I'm still looking for jobs. And Spirit came to me one day while I was meditating and was just like, April, you're doing exactly what you did when you were 18 years old. Wow. Like you're doing, you're doing things, you're doing things that is not in alignment with your spirit, with your soul and what you really want to do. So it's all, you're all, it's always going to be, it's always going to mess up for you because you're not doing, you're not walking in your purpose. Yeah. I want, I want to, cause we're about to end, but that was perfectly said as far as that because a lot of times we can look back on our lives and wish we can start over or wish we didn't do certain things I want you and I'm going to do this with every person that I interview I want (laughs) you because you already did this for when you talked about um, motherhood and you encouraged Mm -hmm. the mothers and what you think believe that they should do Mm -hmm. but I want you to tell yourself as a grown woman what would you tell the little girl you were what what one encouragement that you would tell the little girl you were right now what would you tell her as a grown woman and this is how we'll end it (laughs) okay as a grown woman I would tell I would tell myself I would tell younger April Diana I would be like April you are the recipe okay you are the recipe I know everybody be like, I got the sauce. You know, that's the popular <laughs> thing to say. Everybody like, I got the sauce. They can be the sauce, but April, you are the recipe. Okay. Nobody goes to a five-star restaurant and orders a plate of sauce. Okay. <laughs> they don't. Am I wrong? Am I am I right or am I wrong? You're right. <laughs> Nobody orders a plate of sauce. Okay. I am the sus I will I would tell myself that I am the sustenance, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm what fills you up. I'm what satisfies you. You may get a little bit of sauce on the side, but you're the, that I'm the nutrition, baby. You, you are the nutrition. Okay. You're all that you need. Everything that you need is right here. There's nobody that's like you. There's nobody, nothing outside of you is going to get you where you need to be. You are the recipe, April. That's what I would tell myself. You are it. You don't need nothing else. You don't need no additives. You don't need no sauce. You are the whole recipe. You are the five course meal. Yes. Like you don't need to fit in any type of way because that's that's how the world is molded. And so that's what social media is. They want to mold you into uh, and put you in this bubble. And you're far more than that. Far more than that. That's perfect. That's perfect because and it goes right back to what we talked about, what this whole topic was will stay in your lane ladies all that we are and who we are everything we need is on the inside of us and if we constantly 
go after finding out who we are find, y'all know I'm big on identity finding out who we are finding out you know that's why I have a like I am looking through my you know my ancestry and trying to figure out who we are purposely just to see what we are made of and so identity is so important y'all just like she said um you all we have to stay in our lane we have to make sure that we look at what we have not what others and, have it's good to look at them but look at exactly what we have and, and stay authentic yeah stay <laughs> authentic there's nothing yeah, you don't need to authentic. switch you don't need to switch anything up in your recipe like you stay authentic how how however you're whatever you're trying to do keep you, you don't don't look to the left or the right yeah because there, there's there's nothing that these people can add there's nothing that they're doing that you can add to your own recipe that's going to make it great everything yes. that you have is right there with you everything yes. everything speaking of recipes <laughs> i want you to let them know because this girl makes the oh they're so good makes some a uh, great I call them fruit roll-ups but, <laughs> but they're natural all natural like uh, I'm gonna let you explain it to them but I need you to tell them uh, where they can find you tell them your website what you can um, what they can find up there and how they can reach out to you and tell please tell your social media platforms and we'll end it like that okay so right now my 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 personal you can you can contact me on my personal um Instagram is underscore April Diana. Diana is spelled with two N's. Or you can find me on um, my business page. It's underscore inner goddess. And it's spelled um, I-N-H-E-R-G-O-D-I-S. Inner goddess. Um, You can find me on there. I am currently rebranding and revamping. And uh, I will be, excuse me, I will be um, relaunching my website um, in July. So please... Follow my business page, underscore inner goddess. Um, as of right now in June, what I'm going to start doing is uh, posting my my products and, and everything. Um, I have a lot in store that's coming this summer. I can't, I don't want to speak on it right now, but just a lot of healing that's going to be going on because that's my name. That's my number one thing, natural healing. Um, some fun act, some fun things that I have in store. Like I said, I'm just rebranding right now. But if you follow underscore inner goddess, you will be you will as June before July comes during June, I will be showing you guys and posting what it is that's to come. So just go ahead and follow me now and then you'll be ready to go in July, the beginning of July when I relaunch everything. Sis, um, tell us a tell us a few. Just like because I know you're gonna there's gonna be some stuff that you're gonna keep for your rebranding. <laughs> tell us a few products um that they can get from you. Okay. So like I spoke on earlier, I spoke on um the, the medications and things like that that are gonna be put in, in our bodies. I have supplement packages that are coming. I have um I'm keeping my fruit roll-ups for the simple <laughs> fact that those are my number one sellers. Um um and those came about simply because, like I said, I was trying to get a lot of the snacks that my son eats in the house and kind of <laughs> replacing it with healthier things. And that, that was really kind of just an accident that ended up becoming one of my best selling products. But um, I got supplements, all natural supplements that are coming um, to keep you healthy as an athlete, just as a woman, as a man. Um, I have teas coming out. Um, I have classes coming. Um, if, unfortunately, if you don't, until I get to a point where I'm traveling, that's one thing I tell. I will tell you there is going to be a class for women to embrace their sensuality and sexuality. 
um, and put them in a comfortable space where they can embrace that and heal that and it not be too extreme like the media does or it, it not be too, you know, a lot of when it comes to sensuality and sexuality, um, sometimes we, we are we are told to, mm, you know, kind of hide that part of us but I have classes that are coming that is I'm, I'm telling y'all I have so much greatness that is coming I have music coming out in July I have I, I'm just I've been sitting still I've been quiet I've been obedient to spirit and all I've been doing is working on this and I'm just July it's go time sis I want to tell you I'm super proud of you I'm excited if y'all think I can sing y'all ain't heard saying <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm super proud of you I'm so thankful that you told your story today and I know that a Thank lot you. of women are going to be grateful to hear this um, interview um, I pray that you all are blessed today once again, sis, thank you so much for joining us. It is Tell Your Story Tuesday. And, hey, I, and I told my listen. story, gal. <laughs> it's not always easy. It's not always easy. To it's not. <laughs> I'm grateful that you did. So-